Okay, boys, tonight I'm coming home, but um, I'm still recording this because I won't be home bef before you guys go to bed. So, um, the story tonight is called Filling the Ice House. The weather was so cold that the snow was like sand underfoot. A little water thrown in the air came down as tiny balls of ice. Even on the south side of the house at noon, the suns did not soften. It was perfect weather for cutting ice, because when the blocks were lifted from the pond, no water would drip. It would instantly freeze. The sun was rising, and all the eastern slopes of the snowdrifts were rosy in its light. When Alfonso snuggled up under the four robes between father and royal in the big bobsled, and they set out for the pond on Trout River. The horses trotted briskly, shaking jingles from their bells, their breath steamed from their nostrils, and the bobsled runners squeaked on the hard snow. The cold air crinkled inside Almanzo's tinkling nose, but every minute the sun shone more brightly, striking tiny glitters of red and green light from the snow and all through the woods there were sparkles of sharp white lights in the icicles. It was a mile to the pond in the woods, and once father got out to put his hands over the horses' noses, their breaths had frozen to their nostrils, uh, making it hard for them to breathe. Father's hands melted the frost, and they went on briskly. French Joe and Lazy John were waiting on the pond, when the bobsled drove up. They were Frenchmen who lived in a little log house in the woods. They had no farms. They hunted and trapped fish, and they sang and joked and danced, and they drank red wine instead of cider. When father hired, needed a hired man, they worked for him, and he paid them with salt pork from the barrels down in the cellar. They stood on the snowy pond in their tall boots and plaid jackets and fur caps with fur earmuffs, and the frost of their breaths was on their long mustaches. Each had an axe on his shoulder, and they carried cross-cut saws. A cross-cut saw has a long, narrow blade with wooden handles at the ends. Two men must pull it back and forth across the edge of whatever they wanted to saw in two. But they could not saw ice that way, because ice was solid underfoot, like a floor. It had no edge to saw across. When father saw them, he laughed and called out, You flipped that penny yet? Everybody laughed but Almanzo. He didn't know the joke, so French Joe told him. Once two Irishmen were sent out to saw ice with a cross-cut saw. They had never sawed ice before, and they looked at the ice, and they looked at the saw, till at last Pat took, out, uh, took a penny out of his pocket, and he says, Now, Jamie, be fair, heads or tails, who goes below? Then Almanzo laughed, thinking of anyone going down in the dark, cold water under the ice to pull the end of a cross-cut saw. It was funny that there were people who didn't know how to cut or how to saw ice. He trudged with the others across the ice to the middle of the pond, where a sharp wind blew there, driving wisps of snow before it. 
Above the deep water, the ice was smooth and dark and swept almost bare of snow. Almanzo watched while Joe and John chopped a big three-cornered hole in it. They lifted out the broken pieces of ice and carried them away, leaving the hole full of open water. She's about 20 inches thick, Lazy John said. Then saw the ice 20 inches, said Father. Lazy John and French Joe knelt at the edge of the hole. They lowered their cross-cut saws into the water and began to saw. Nobody pulled the ends of the saws under the water. Side by side, they sawed two straight cracks through the ice, 20 inches apart, and went 20 feet long. Then with the axe, John broke the ice across, a slab 20 inches wide. 20 inches thick and 20 feet long rose a little and floated free. With a pole, John pushed the slab toward the three-cornered hole. At the end, and at the end, was thrust out, cracking, crackling the thin, I, thin ice freezing on the water. Joe saw, sawed off twenty-inch lengths of it, and Father picked up the cubes with the big iron ice tongs and loaded them on the bobsleds. Almanzo ran to the edge of the hole. Uh, watching the saw. Suddenly, right on the very edge, he slipped. He felt himself falling headlong into the dark water. His hands couldn't catch hold of anything. He knew he would sink and be drawn under the solid ice. The swift current would pull him under the ice, where nobody could find him. He'd drown. He'd held down by the ice in the dark. French Joe grabbed him just in time. He heard a shout and felt a rough hand jerk him by one leg. He felt a terrific crash. Then he was lying on his stomach on good, solid ice. He got to his feet. Father was coming running. Father stood over him, big and terrible. You ought to have the worst whipping of your life, Father said. Yes, Father, Almanzo whispered. He knew it. He knew he should have been more careful. A boy nine years old is too big to be foolish because he doesn't stop to think. Almanza knew that and felt ashamed. He shrank up small inside, and his clothes and his legs shivered, afraid of the whipping. Father's whippings hurt, but he knew he deserved to be whipped. The whip was on the bobsled. I won't thrash you this time, Pop, uh, Father said, but... See to it that you stay away from that edge. Yes, father, Almanza whispered. He went away from the hole and did not go near it again. Father finished loading the bobsled. Then he spread the Then he spread the la probes on the top of the ice, and Almanza rode on them with father and royal back to the house near the barns. The ice house was built of boards with wide cracks between them. It was set high from the ground on wooden blocks that looked like a big cage. Only the floor and the roof were solid. On the floor was a huge mound of sawdust, which Father had hauled from the lumber mill. With a shovel, Father spread the sawdust three inches thick on the floor. On this, he laid the ice cubes three inches apart. Then he drove 
back to the pond, and Almanzo went to work with Royal in the ice house. They filled every crack between the cubes with sawdust and tamped it down tidily with sticks, and then, then they shoved the whole mound of sawdust on top of the ice in a corner where it had, where it had been. They covered the floor with cubes of ice packed and packed them with sawdust. Then they covered it all with sawdust three inches thick. They worked as fast as they could, but before they finished, Father came back with another load of ice. He laid down another layer of ice cubes three inches apart and drove away, leaving them to fill every crevice tidily with sawdust and spread the sawdust over top and shovel the rest of the mound of the sawdust up again. They worked so hard that the exercise kept them warm, but not long before noon, Almanzo was hunger, hungrier than wolves. He couldn't stop working long enough to run into the house for a donut. All of his middle was hollow and gnawing inside it. He, he knelt on the, on the ice, pushing sawdust into the cracks with his mitten, mittened hands, pounding it down and with a stick as fast as he could, and he asked Royal, what would you like best to eat? They talked about spare ribs and turkey with dressing, and baked beans and crackling corn, cornbread and other good things. But Almanza said that what he'd like most in the world was fried apples and onions. When at last they were went to dinner, there on the table was a big dish of them. Ma, ma, mother knew what he liked best. She had cooked it for him. Almanzo ate four large helpings of apples and onions fried together. He ate roast beef and brown gravy and mashed potatoes and creamed carrots and boiled turnips and countless slices of buttered bread with crab apple jelly. It takes a great deal to feed a growing boy, Ma said, and she put a thick slice she put a thick slice of bird's nest pudding on his bare plate and handed him the pitcher of sweetened cream speckled with nutmeg. Almanzo poured the heavy cream over the apples, nest, apples nested in the fluffy crust. The syrupy brown juice curled up around the edges of the cream, and Almanzo took his spoon and ate every bit. And then, until chore time, he and Royal worked in the ice house. All the next day they worked, and all the next day, just at dusk on the third day, Father helped them spread the last layer of sawdust over the topmost cubes of ice in the, in the peak of the ice house roof, and that job was done. Buried in sawdust, the blocks of ice would not melt in the hottest summer weather. One at a time they would be drug out, and Mother would make ice cream and lemonade and cold eggnog. All right, the next story is called Saturday Night. I can't wait to see you guys in the morning. I love you so, so much. Sleep well. Good night.